Good afternoon and welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host, George Evian, and want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, all the support that you've given us and me as we've started this podcast back on January 3rd, and now we're sitting around end of March and end of three months. We are finishing up, closing the books, um, maybe making a mad rush to make sure the books look good on quarter number one. So I hope you've had a great quarter. I hope that if you've listened to this podcast and all 20 episodes up to this point, that there's been something that you've taken from this, maybe something you've implemented. There's many things that I'm doing. uh, And this is kind of, I guess, my therapy to just continue to just think bigger and do bigger things and have bigger goals and bigger ambitions and uh, bigger action, right, of trying to do this. So it's very therapeutic for me to put this podcast out to you all. But I hope, you know, Hopefully, as you close the books on 2022 and you're in quarter four and you're looking at December and November and you start thinking about the new year and changes you want to make and different ambitions and goals. And, you know, the the phrase that I use a fair amount with my family and with some of the groups that I work with is the memories and the experiences. Right. That's what this will all boil down to is the memories that you are creating for yourself and for those around you, for your teams, for your family, for your community, for your friends, like what kind of experiences and memories are we having? Is this the same memory and the same goals and the same spot that I was in a year ago? Are we doing the same thing? Are we creating better memories? You know, it's right now, it's the end of March. Uh, Kids are on spring break, flipping through Instagram and seeing these families sitting out on a beach you know, and traveling to the mountains and taking these great vacations and watching basketball and taking their kids to NBA basketball games. And I see all this stuff and that's it, right? It's sitting around saying, Hey, I'm going to create better uh, experiences and, and memories for my family. Right. But how are you also doing that for yourself? How am I doing that for myself? March 22nd. What am I doing today? That's different than December 22nd or October 22nd. Am I better off? Am I doing better things? Am I moving the needle? Do I feel better about myself? Is the person that I wanted to be on December 22nd proud of the person on March 22nd? I think so. Like for me, like I think so. Right. So, you know, just to jump into that a little bit, you know, we're, we're rolling through and that we're closing the books on quarter. What did you do this quarter? How did it get better? What memories did you create? What goals did you accomplish? What's your team look like? What's your family look like? What's your health look like? What do your goals and ambitions look like? And I guess I'm talking to myself, right? But what's that look like and what am I doing? And then, you, you know, are we, are we going to sit around on March 22nd and say, well, shit, okay, I, uh, hopefully this goes better in 2024. Or, you know, there's a great book out there called the uh, um, 12-week year, the 12-week work year or something like that. And I don't, I'm not in my office. It's right in front of me and when I am in my office upstairs. But it's this idea of just just segment your work up, segment your year up into these 12 week plans, these 12 week years. We are about to close the book on quarter one of 2022, 23. I mean, what does that look like? Just like right now, March 22nd, you personally should be sitting around with your buckets. And this is I did this exercise this morning at like 5 a.m. And the exercise was, hey, my to-do list is great. This is cool. Like I'm waking up, I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited about my day and I've got my daily planner open and I'm writing down the things I want to get done this day. That's all cool, right? And if you do that, that's cool. 
but I'm thinking about that differently because this morning I sat back and really thought about the buckets that are important to me. Family, you know, basketball, my work, my health, my children, right? These, uh, the house, you know, like all these different things that I'm super interested in. Right. And, and having more of a plan, like, Hey, what if I can do these things in these areas today? And what does that look like? And how can I get better? But as I'm sitting down right now on March 22nd and thinking about April, May, and June, what does that look like? Where do I want to be on July 1st? What can I create in terms of memories and experiences for those around me and my family and my work? Where do I want my work to be in the teams and the people that I work with? What does that look like? If you're not in this, if you're just in this state of the year and it's March 22nd and I've already jacked this sucker up and I can't rebound from any of this and I can't recalibrate and I can't do this and it's another year that's gone by and I'm just looking forward to now January 1st of 2024 like we you you need to think about this 12 week year because all I'm thinking about right now is making sure that that I internally celebrate the quarter I had what I did what I, what I was able to accomplish what I'm really getting good at I don't know if that's arrogant or not, but what I'm getting good at every morning is writing down where I messed up and what I'm learning and how I can get better. I am good at that. Writing down saying, man, like I wanted to do these four or five things yesterday. I wanted to do these four, 10 to 12 things last for the week, last week. Why am I falling short? What am I not doing? What am I, and then what am I doing well? Right. And so I didn't really know, again, I say this every, every episode, I didn't know the where we'd actually go with all this and we'll pivot to something here in a second and maybe it'll be longer than 20 minutes but get get excited about q2 get excited about quarter two and really sit down and like i'm gonna do this so here's my my homework for the day i'm gonna sit down at four five in the morning tomorrow i'm open my planner first thing and i'm gonna put on this is just me it's really goofy but i like to put on youtube and i go this is my search so do this do this if, if you're as goofy as I am. I go to the search of YouTube and type in coffee shop music and it does a coffee shop image for 11 hours and it plays jazz music and I, it has a fire going and a storm outside or snow outside and you're sitting by a fireplace and I put it on the big screen and I just sit there by it and say, then just get comfortable. And then I open my planner up and tomorrow I'm going to sit there and say, all right, the next quarter, what's this look like? Because I can't change my word. You can't change your word of the year. And my word was bigger. And I can't change that. I can recalibrate how to get there, what that looks like and what I'm trying to accomplish and what that might mean, right? But I'm not going to change the word. So I'm either going to have a, like a, a shitty year with shitty ambitions and goals and missions and all that, or I'm going to sit back and crush it and think bigger in terms of businesses, my teams at work, my off hour stuff with basketball, my family, vacations, memories and experiences, right? So you got to figure that out. So I encourage you all to do that. And the, the purpose of, I guess, this introduction to this podcast is to really think about what Q2 is going to look like. Man, like, and I wrote this down. I wrote this down in my planner to myself. I have no idea what I'm capable of, but I know I'm capable of greatness. I know I have that in me. I know I do. And I'm nowhere near that. And I'm capable of a lot more. And as the quarter comes to a close, I moved the needle. I got better. 
man, I'm capable of so much more. And I say that, that I wrote it down myself in my planner, but I say that to you all because man, we all have greatness in us. And I've said that for every episode for the 20 that we have going, but I'm going to pivot to a, a post that I uh, put on Instagram that I really liked. Um, and this is a plug for my friend, um, uh, my friend Ed Molitor. He has, it runs a podcast up in uh, Chicago, a business executive coach, um, leadership coach for organizations and executives and teams and does an amazing job. He's become a great friend of mine, a great mentor of mine. And I know I've talked about him before on the podcast, but he interviewed somebody named Scott O'Neill and go to my LinkedIn and just look at the, you know, I give these, I call them shorts. I probably stole it from uh, Instagram or, or from YouTube or whatever, but I create these little shorts, right? Quick little phrases, quick little um, notes on little note cards and post them on LinkedIn of just about leadership or something I'm reading or something I'm thinking of, or something that's in my Rolodex of, of leadership type things. Right. And, um, Scott O'Neill had this great thing on leaders and Scott O'Neill was, you know, involved with, uh, Harris sport and entertainment. I don't know everything Harris sport and entertainment does, and I may get this wrong, but they were responsible for like the Knicks possibly and the New York Rangers and the, you know, and teams out and the, the, uh, the garden, um, you know, out in New York city. So he was involved with that. Right. And he was the CEO of this. Right. And I, th one thing that pops into my mind, and this isn't the, the, the context of the conversation here, but one thing he said that really stuck with me in one of these podcasts was the idea of, man, this isn't for the faint of heart. We're trying to win and we're trying to knock it out of the park. And we are trying to be the best. Right. And my friend um, uh, that works at Lifetime Fitness listens to this, right, as he drives to and from uh, Lifetime here in the St. Louis area. Does an amazing job. One of my closest friends, if not my closest friend. Love talking with him. Love listening to him talk about his wins and his celebrations and how he's crushing it. And he is you know, on terms of just really running a top notch, you know, uh, a gym or a company. Right. It's he really looks at it as his company. But what I liked about and why that triggered this to me is my buddy will go around lifetime or wherever he was working prior to that. Right. And would just, uh, you know, notice, suggest, correct the smallest of details. And he would tell me these things, the smallest of details. Hey, go clean that up, get this done, fix that tile, get that, like get the mop out, do this. Things aren't right here. I remember the idea of when COVID hit, when COVID hit, my buddy who would go to Lifetime and was in charge of the entire operation, I believe this happened, he'd show up with his lawnmower and he's out mowing the yard during COVID because maybe they just didn't have the people or the resource. Like, like I own this. And the, the idea of this is, this is not for the faint of heart. We are here to kick ass. We are here to be the best. We are here to pay attention to detail. We are here to be elite. We are not here to just be another club. We're not here to be another shoe company or another car company. We are here to be the best that we could possibly be to circle back to the quarter talk. I'm capable of more. We have greatness in us. Our team, our organization, our company, our brand, our products are the best around. And if they're not, we better be reaching for what it takes to get them to be the best. This is not for the faint of heart. I am not for everybody is probably what Scott O'Neill said. Because I'm going to be hard. Are we going to have fun? Are you, we going to help you reach your personal and professional goals? Are we going to care about you and love you and treat you well? Are we going to? Absolutely. 100%. My buddy up at Lifetime does that to no end. To no end. 
But we're here to get better. We're here to be elite. You're here to be accountable. You're here to be pushed to get to your next level of greatness. This is not for the faint of heart. As Scott O'Neill says, as he took over the garden and was talking about, hey, it's too dirty here. Why are the trash cans there? Why are we taking food out this way? Why are, why are do we not, why is this not clean? Why are we not treating people like whatever it is? So here, here's, here's that I didn't mean to necessarily go on that point. Um, but here's go to my LinkedIn. One, connect with me on LinkedIn if you reach, if, if you're connected with me, if you're not connected with me and you are listening to the podcast, go to LinkedIn, send me a note. Really appreciate all the connections, all the conversations that we're having. But I posted this on LinkedIn and it was from Scott O'Neill and it's about leaders and it's really simple, but it's deep, it's detailed, it's important, it's valuable. What I find myself saying more at work right now is it's important and urgent or important and not urgent. I think we have things, and I say that, and why that triggered in my mind is all this stuff right now, man, this is really important. And it's deep, like it's really simple. But this stuff, I, like this stuff, these four bullet points are simple. You know this. You know all of this. And it's simple. But either it's, it's, it's simple, it's important, but maybe, you, maybe we need to do a better job. Now I'm talking to myself, creating the urgency on it. And I'll circle back to that, hopefully, if I can remember here in a second on how to do that. But let me give you the four bullet points and let's go into it, right? Here are the things for a leader. Make it really simple. Create the vision. Create the vision. Bullet point number two, write this stuff down or go to my LinkedIn and right click and say shave it, uh, share image. Bullet point number two, set the strategy, set the vision, set the strategy. We're going to go into all these. And try, to, and try to not have this go two hours. Set the vision, set the strategy, hire the right people. Help is what he said. Get the right help and hire the right people. And then the fourth we've talked about over and over again is culture. Develop, build, enhance your culture. And the phrases that he used were You've got to feel it and you've got to taste it. Your culture. Vision, strategy, help, culture. Vision, strategy, help, culture. So those are the things that he talked about. Now, we're not going to do a deep dive into all of them. It's simple, but not easy. I show these drills to people and we do this basketball stuff and we talk about certain things and we're dealing with now 14, 15, 16 year olds and we show them something and I might have it down, right? And I could show them. And you get a room full of 30 athletes that are skilled and talented and have done this for six, seven, eight years. Easy coach. That's easy. Got it. And you let them run with it. You let them run with it. And you blow the whistle after three minutes and you say, all right, gentlemen, easy, but not simple. It is easy guys. This is easy, but the way you're doing it now is a C minus. I grade everything. It's a D plus. You're not doing it right. So you're reinforcing how to do it incorrectly. I'm not going to sit here and pat you on the back that it's awesome when it's a C minus. 
So we've got to, it's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. It's simple and difficult. So this idea of vision, strategy, help, and culture, man, that's simple. It's simple. It is simple. It's not easy. And how do we make that simple easy? How can we make the simple easy? So let's just, I'm not going to, we could talk about each bullet point for an hour each. We could have a four-hour class and course on how to build your teams and organization and build it around vision, strategy, help, and culture. But we're not going to do that today. I won't, I won't hold you to four-hour podcast from the depths of my basement. Right. So, but you've got to have the vision. And the vision to me is sitting around. If I were to roll out and become a head coach of an organization, of, of an athletic team, if I were to be a CFO, a CTO, a CEO, or even a director or a manager or whatever it is where I'm in charge of leading a group of people, I'm going to sit there and immediately. Think about, brainstorm, discuss, get feedback, get evaluations, go talk to as many people as possible on all those fronts on what the big win is. So it's easy. If you're in a, if you're in a, this is, it's, this is simple and easy to me. If you're an athletic team, my, my vision is how do we win conference championships? How do we win districts? If you're in high school and all that sort of stuff, what do we need to do to be the elite? Who are the elite? What do they do? Start examining and, and replicating and, and taking ideas from the elite and trying to figure it out. And it's probably not that much different when you're talking about companies and organizations. If I'm sitting around and I'm running a shop, like I'm going to sit, I'm going to start picking people off. You know, David Goggins, I'm going to start capturing souls. I'm going to start taking souls, taking souls, S-O-U-L-S, taking souls. Who are the first people I'm taking? If I'm running a marathon, man, I'm picking off the, and I'm in last place. I'm picking off that bottom third. Is my ultimate vision to win that sucker? Yes. And to take the souls of the people in the top 10? Absolutely. Am I thinking about that when I'm in last place? Maybe not, but I know what it is. But I'm taking the souls of the people in the bottom third. I'm taking those souls. So maybe it's, if I'm an 0-32 team, listen, and I don't apologize for the sport analogies because it's what we do. The guy, Abdul Rahim, that is the head coach at Kennesaw State, he took that program over. This is men's basketball. It's the NCAA tournament time. He took over the last place team in his league four years ago. The worst team in the league. Couldn't win. Everybody told him it's a bad job. Couldn't win. It's in Atlanta. It's probably in a hotbed for players, whatever it is. I think it's a beautiful school in what I've seen. Year one. Year one, one win. Year two, five wins. Year three, 15 wins. And year four that just concluded in the NCAA tournament, 26, 27 wins. One, five, 15, 26. Year one, now, what's winning? You know, for, uh, like, I'm telling you, like, do teams like that Make a final eight. Yes. Do teams like that make a final four? Yes. Does it happen often? No. 
No. Is it okay to have big, outrageous, hairy out goals that embarrass you? Absolutely. You think he sat down and said, we're a Final Four team? You think he put that pressure on himself in the, in the uh, press conference when he got the job? Probably not. But my mind would be thinking, it's going to take time. We're going to take the souls of the bottom third of this league, then the middle third, then the top third. Then we're going to make tournaments, NCAA tournaments, and we're going to figure out how to get to a sweet 16. I think they, they did not win. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm figuring out the NCAA tournament. I think they lost to Xavier, but should have beat them. They were a 12, 13 seed playing a three, four, five seed. Should have beat Xavier. Didn't. That's fine. Like, that's cool. It happens. And they would have been in the round of 32. So what was his mindset? So what's your mindset? Taking, I, you, you set that vision on what this can look like. What can this look like? What are we capable of? I would say I think we're capable of greatness. Are there things that are going to take you away from that? Are there things just embedded that make it difficult? If you're a Division I basketball program and you are going and you're a mid-major and you're going up against all those and you're in a tough league and everybody in your league's got all these full scholarships, but you don't. I don't even know if that can happen anymore. But if you're not funded right, if you have to take buses everywhere, if you have to go on the a dollar menu at McDonald's, if you don't have a practice facility, if you don't have boosters, if you only get 500 people, like I get all that. I do. But man, that FDU team just won. And I don't know their situation, right? And I'm not turning this into a basketball podcast. I'm just saying, man, it would be easy to look at everything you're not. Instead of really carving out that vision. And this is not just basketball. This is not a basketball story. I would really want to be setting that vision for, hey, it may take us four years to get to the tournament. And I'm not talking a basketball tournament. Whatever the tournament is to you. To be the best software company in town. To be the best software company in the world. To build the best products in whatever niche you have. To be the best at selling cars. Man, it's going to take me time but I'm not going to waver on my word of the year. And that's, I guess, a metaphor for, I'm not going to waver on what my goal is and what I'm capable of. I'm not going to waver on that. Just because shit's not going well right now. Just because it's not going well right now doesn't mean I change my word of the year to fit, to fit my excuses. Well, my word of the year is bigger and I'm going to have all these accomplishments and I'm going to do the basketball and I'm going to start a business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this at work and I'm going to lead this group and I'm going to do this online and I'm going to have this. Ah, You know what? None of that's working on March 22nd. None of it. All right, let's change the word from bigger to just okay Uh, or just a little bit better than average. Instead of bigger, let's use the word average. George, just be okay. No, you don't change your word. You don't change your mission. To quote Jesse Itzler, you do not change your goals if it's not working on March 22nd. You change your systems. You change your strategy. You change your habits. You change your whatever. If it's not working for you and your team right now, 
Do not change what your vision is. Now, you may have a vision per quarter. You, you, you need to have a, an overriding vision on what you want to do and where you want to be long-term. I don't think that the guy at Kennesaw State would sit there and say, hey, I'm just worried about the vision for this. I think your vision's got to fit into the overriding purpose and vision for what you want to bring long-term. I would say this, if in any company I were a part of, feel free to reach out to me. Any company I were a part of, who's the best in your field? Who's the best in your discipline? Who's the best in your product line? Who's the best? Who are we gunning for? Who are we taking souls from? Now, cool. We can do that in a year. No, cool. We can do that in 10 years, five years. What's it going to take for us to do that in five years? And just because it doesn't happen by March 22nd, 2023, I'm not changing that vision. We are here until we get fired for not being able to get to the top. Because I'm not changing that. And I'm not going to stop talking about it. Simple, but not easy. Simple, but not easy. So you got to create that vision. Leaders got to set the vision. Hold people accountable to the vision. My buddy at Lifetime. The vision is to have to have the best product. And I don't know this. And we talk quite a bit about leadership and his team and his organization and his wins and his success and all that. Right. And I don't know the exact word for word vision, but I know him well enough to know that he wants to have the best property in the land. All of it. He's not it like all of it. And he doesn't care if there's a property in Beverly Hills or in Malibu or in New York city or Chicago that has more resources than St. Louis. I don't care. Who's the best? And let's not get off that. Let's figure out and let's have the people in place and let's do all of that that we can. 100%. Two, have that vision, man. Be passionate about it. What does it take to be the best? And then start, and then you just got to start building your system. So then point number two is set your strategy. Set the strategy. What does it take to fulfill that mission, that vision? What are our systems? I'm going to go through these last three uh, fairly quick. Set, set, what are your systems? Listen, everybody's got that goal. It used to be October 15th when the NCAA would allow Division I teams to start practicing. That was the date, I believe, like every year. Every year, that would be the date. So, Everybody's got the goal on October 15th and everybody on October 15th is really close and ambitious and excited and enthusiastic that we're going to do it. This is going to be the year that Kennesaw makes it to the final four. Everybody's saying we're going to win the league. Finally, Northwestern basketball. We're finally going to make the NCAA tournament. We've been saying that for years. We're finally going to win the big 10. It's easy to say on October 15th, everybody's got the same goals. So how is Michigan State and how is Kansas and how is Alabama, how is Duke, how is UCLA, how are they different? How are they different? It's the systems that they put in place 
to just get outside of the goals. Keep your goals there. Have them blocked off. Put it like I'd put it at the top of my planner every day. If I were a basketball coach, I'd be sitting there saying every day I'd write it down. Conference champs, final four. Conference champs, final four. And never laugh about it. And if I were a business, I'd be writing down Google, Apple, Facebook, Uber. Make on a run for it. Every day. Start unpacking what it takes every day. What are your systems in place to help you reach that vision on a daily basis? You're going to go from being hired to winning one game, five games, 15 games, 27 games. You're going to win one game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cling to our vision, and I'm going to make sure that our systems are in place for us to get better every day. It's just not X's and O's. It's everything that we do. Everything that we do. So it's Scott O'Neill walking the halls of the garden or my buddy walking the halls of Lifetime Fitness and sitting there saying, that needs to be cleaner. That person needs acknowledgement. That person needs a one-on-one. That person needs help. That person needs a day off. This, this we could do better for our customers. I need to go walk, the, like whatever it is. And it may not matter. It's the death, you know, it's the paper cut deal. How many times are you going to get paper cut? Death by a thousand paper cuts. So it's building those systems up every day when you know they're important, they're valuable, they're urgent and important. They're important and they're urgent that we create them every day. Every day. There's nothing that you're doing when you build your culture that is unimportant and not urgent to stay in that Covey quadrant stuff. And if you, as the leader, find it to be important and urgent, then everybody else should as well in terms of the systems to build and maintain and enhance and gain the vision that you've set. The systems. Urgent and important, right? I'm kind of clinging to that a little bit this week, but it's, man, it could be important, but I don't, I'm not creating any urgency with it. And if, if I'm running a team and it's important and I don't create the urgency to it, I think it slowly becomes unimportant. So everything I'm doing to enhance my team, to create the vision, to create the systems and all that, everything that gets us closer is urgent and important, important and urgent. So you've got to create those systems. And I don't know what those would be for you. You know, phone calls, you know, of, you know, phone calls and prospecting and follow-up calls or handwritten notes or thank yous or quick emails or making sure that, you know, um, you know, right here in, in front of me in my notes, let me flip to the last page. We are at our, this is a quote. We are at our worst when the Delta, the difference, we are at our worst when the Delta between how I treat you is different than how you treat anyone you interact with that difference. And I don't manage you with fear and negativity. I don't manage coach lead 
you with negativity and fear. So I don't expect you to, but when there's a huge Delta between how I treat you and how you treat others, that's when we're at our worst. So I'm not making that important. So that's a, that's, that is a strategy in meeting towards the vision. If how I'm leading you, how I lead you, how I treat you, how I inspire you, how I talk to you, how I hold you accountable, how I acknowledge you, how I celebrate you, how I make sure you understand your contribution is, val- is important and valued. How I do all of that, the closer you are to me, if I'm crushing it, and I hope I would be, the closer you are to me that you do the same thing to everybody else and we have alignment in that, now we've got our systems in place. That is a system. How I treat you, how I manage you, and how you end up taking that because it's important and it's urgent. Hey, this is is important. The system in place to get us through the vision, one piece of that is, man, just how I treat people, how I lead them, how I manage them, how I coach them, how I acknowledge them, celebrate them. And that is part, that is a system to it. What I don't understand is this. This is longer than we thought. What I don't understand is this, is the idea that you can't roll into your job with the mindset of what can I do today so these people that work with me feel that they've got the best job in the world. And I might go one win, five wins, 15 wins, 26 wins. It may take me that long to get there. But one win to five wins to 15 wins to like, oh shit, I might have the best job in the world with the best people, with the best boss, with the best leadership, with the best product, with the best purpose, with the best vision. And I know what we are doing and I know we are trying to be the best and man, us trying to be the best, I'm becoming my best. Man, that would be a great feeling to roll in every day and have somebody say, you know what? I'm moving on to another job or I'm about to retire. And I just want you to know as I leave here, this is the single greatest job I have ever had in my life. I am fulfilled. I contributed. I was valued. I was appreciated. I got better. We had issues and we became so close to that vision because of leadership a vision of strategy, leaders, vision, strategy, help, and culture, right? So you got to be able to have those strategies. You got to sit down and really say, okay, cool, great vision. Now, what do we need to do? What do we need to put into place so we can reach or get as close to that as quickly as we can? It may take the four years to get to the tournament or to get to the final four. What's interesting now, not to make it about basketball, what's interesting now is that coach at Kennesaw State, 1-5-15-26, he's about to get another job. That is equally as bad. And I'm reading online how bad that job is. He's being rumored to take the Cal Berkeley job, Pac-12. And I'm just hearing about how bad of a job that is. And the reality is, there are bad jobs. I don't think... There are bad jobs. 
I would still roll into every job Ted Lasso style. You Sundance Wick style. Follow Sundance Wicks. Go consume Sundance Wicks. He's a basketball coach at Green Bay. He's going to make Green Bay feel like they're Duke. That guy is going to make Green Bay, Wisconsin, university, basketball, men's basketball, he's going to make them feel like they're at Duke. You, I mean, and you talk about juice and energy and passion and commitment and vision and strategy. That guy's got it. But this guy's about to take over the Cal Berkeley job. And he's going to take over everything. That, I'm reading everything that is wrong with that job. Somebody's going to take it. And maybe they'll just continue to, you know, to be horseshit. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll get somebody in there to say, you know what? One win, five win, 15 win, 26 win. Give me four years. This is the best job in America. And I'm going to prove it. Strategy, vision. The second thing is the third bullet point. Much longer podcast than we thought, right? The third bullet point is the help that Scott O'Neill talks about. And I took this all from Scott O'Neill. Go to his, connect with him on LinkedIn. And go, listen, what you need to do is go to the Athletics of Business. Get that podcast. Scott O'Neill, I think he's had him on there twice. Reach out to Ed Molitor. Get that podcast. Listen to both of them and get inspired. Take notes, get inspired. I've got pages of notes on this. Great, great message. And you get two hours of it, essentially. The third one is just help. You got to make sure you hire the right people, right? So that idea, and I've got some other notes here about, about kind of this idea is one is this. I don't know how you feel about this. And we're just, now I'm, I'm kind of committed to making this a longer podcast. So we just got to deal with it. I, this idea that I heard from somebody about hiring athletes. I forget what podcast it was. Um, it was probably one of Coach Molitor's podcast. But the idea of hiring athletes is really on my mind. Not, I'm not in a position to hire, but it's just this idea of what we are trying to give our athletes that we work with why they would be the most hireable people out there. Adversity, commitment, teamwork, sacrifice, communication, suffering, things like that. Like all that is really important. Former athletes, I have it here in my notes. Former athletes, they know adversity. They know what hard work is. They know how to be coached. And they know how to be on a team and achieve team goals athletes know adversity athletes know what hard work is they really do athletes really know if they're committed if you're hiring those type of people if you want a hard worker i'm getting the kid that has spent his entire childhood getting up at 5 30 to go to the driving range the batting cage or the gym or the weight room to get after it and get better I'm going to be with the guy that's down 20 or is eight strokes behind or is sitting on a, you know, a 2-1 count in the bottom of the ninth or is down by five runs. None of that may matter to anybody listening to this. But the person that doesn't make excuses, the person that will grind, the person that will get up early, the person that will complete a game, grab a basketball or a bat or a golf club and go get extra work in because things just aren't right, 
because I can be better, because I deserve it more, and I'm going to outwork people, there's something about that. There's something about an athlete. They know how to be coached. That you can get after a kid and sit there and say, hey, what you're doing right now is really good, and that's a B minus, and that will help us beat 80% of the teams that we play. But you have to be able to do X, Y, and Z if you want to be elite and help us win the last 10%, because that's what you're going to be doing in business. In the business world, you're, if you're any good, you're going to sit around and be okay. Or are you going to sit back and say, man, I'm not just interested in this bell curve garbage, but I'm interested in this last 10%. And we've got to face that adversity. We've got to face that grind. We've got to face that hard work. We've got to face that vision and set those standards and set that strategy to reach that. And I'm going to make sure we hire the right people. So here's, here's a follow-up on hiring the right people. And I don't remember exactly what Scott O'Neill says are his requirements. He says this, though. This ain't for the faint of heart. And I'm not for everybody. And I say that about myself as well. I know we're not for everybody. I say this to all these athletes we work with, and I don't apologize for it. We're not for everybody. And we say that to him. But you will be coached and you will be loved. And we say that and I, we don't apologize for it. We love every kid that we work with. And, but they are going to be coached. And you have to have that. Like we don't have time to spend six, eight, 12 months trying to get connected as Coach Prime said when he got the Colorado job. We don't have time for that. You got to trust me now that I care about you and that I love you. You're here. You're on my team. I care about you. Let's go. You're going to be coached. Scott O'Neill, you're going to be coached. This isn't for the faint of heart. I'm not for everybody. You're going to work hard, and we are going to have fun. You are going to work hard, and we are going to have fun. So hire the right people. This is what the in my notes says right here. Just hire people you know, hire people you trust, and hire people you can coach. These are from executives. These are from executives. I got to hire people I know. I, got, I need to know what I'm getting. I know I can hire George because I know X, Y, and Z about him. And I know that I can trust him because that's who he is. And we've been together. And I know he can do this well. And I know I can trust him. I know he's going to, once we set that vision together, or once I tell him what the vision is, I know that he is going to do everything he can to get us to that vision. He's going to help enhance and build our systems and our strategy to help us get to that vision. I know that. I can trust him with everything. As my friend says, man, I trust you with my kids, wife, and pocketbook. Right? That's, that's trust. And then you got to hire people that you can coach. And, you, and that's a whole different thing about getting people that you can coach because now you're talking about the whole dynamic of, of connection and trust and love and all that sort of stuff, right? All right, so that's you got to figure out who you can hire. The last point, and then we'll wrap, wrap this up. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. Go to any other podcast that we have run, but culture, it's everything. You can, and I mentioned this to somebody yesterday in a group I was talking with, you can go into any business 
You can go into any basketball practice and you can immediately see what's important to people. I would think with the work that we did this past year, if somebody that knows something about basketball, even if they don't, came in and watched us practice, that within the first 40 minutes, 30, 30, 40 minutes, or the entire practice, and I'd say, what do we value? What is important to us? What do we, what is important? What is our culture that they would know? They would know. Man, you guys work hard. Man, you guys communicate well. Man, you guys acknowledge people. Man, you guys are tough. Man, you guys do everything together. Man, there's not a lot of, like, okay, cool. Because now we're talking about our culture. You walk into some practice, like, I have no idea what they're doing. You can do that on a company level. You can walk the halls. You can listen to people. You can observe how meetings go. You can see how bosses are when their boss is in the room. Like, you can see the acknowledgement that other people get or that the boss shines down on people. You can see who likes this. You know all that. You know your culture just by walking the halls and having somebody come in and observe what's going on. And then you've got to figure out what those values are for you and your company, your culture, what you're building it on. I know exactly. And then you, you better figure that out. Because if you are, if you don't have those values in place, man, you are building that foundation on, on sinking sand. You may be a bad basketball team that makes the tournament once every 10 years. Or you can be Gonzaga in 2001. 23, 24 years ago, when they were just getting going. And they built that foundation with value, with the people, with a system, with strategies and with vision and said, we're going to build this sucker on better on the hardest rock you can find. And we're going to crush it. So in 2023, we're in our 25th straight sweet 16 or something like that. I don't, that might, that might be true. So you got to do that. You got to build that culture, but you got to have a culture to use uh, Scott O'Neill's phrase. You've got to build your culture. So because it's got a taste and it's got a feel. It's got a taste and a feel to it. 100%. So simple, all of it. Simple. Sure. Vision, blah, blah, blah. Strategy. I get it. Higher. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Culture. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's talking about culture. It's the buzzword of everywhere athletics whatever cool it's not easy man simple but not easy simple but not easy if you were a pluses on all of that you better be crushing it if you're not crushing it and not moving towards your vision and not feeling like you're moving the needle there right then you better reevaluate those things do we do we are we clear on our vision? Is it socialized well across the company? Does everybody know what we're trying to do here? Does everybody know our purpose and what we're trying to do here? Do they understand why this is important? What are our systems? Like, what sucks here? We're clearly not doing something. Do we have the right people? No, nobody's coachable. Everybody says this. We've never done it that way. It won't work. 
We tried that three years ago and it didn't work. It'll never work here. So let's just keep doing the same old crap that we've done that's never worked. Okay. Culture, everybody talks culture. We bring out a piece of paper, January, I'm sorry, December 22nd, and we go through our 10 bullet points of what we stand on, and we ask the room, did we do this? Over the last 12 months, did we do this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Cool. All right. Let's have a good 2023. That's happened to me. As a consultant, I was sitting there watching a room full of 30 or so people pull out a piece of paper and read 10 bullet points and say, did we do this this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We'll go over it again next year. Wow. Okay. This is the best job that I've ever had is what I once said. So listen, I'm going to wrap this up. I really appreciate all the support that people have given the podcast. Um, really enjoyed this. This is a longer podcast. This went longer than I thought. 20 minutes ain't happening. I was on fire today. I looked at my notes. I get my juice going. I get inspired. Um, I can go through those bullet points of vision, strategy, help, and culture. Man, there's a lot there. It's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy, right? Please go to the show. Please go to the show notes. There's a link in there to my website. Please subscribe to my weekly newsletter. If you've made it this far, please subscribe to my weekly newsletter. It's just an email address, your name. Every week you get coaching notes from me for free. Um, it's in the show notes. And please reach out to me on LinkedIn. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you.